0: bless you each and every one has gathered with us this evening we just welcome you all here in the name of Jesus Christ pray that God will come down in a special way and just meet each and every one come right down to your address and those that have, are streaming with us online just pray God will bless you richly amen victory in Jesus i heard an old old story i heard an old How
1: the Savior came for our glory, how he gave his life on town.
0: for the victory in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's sing uh, I Would Not Be Denied. Key of D, I believe. When pangs of death Amen. Yeah. amen that's the bride's position in this hour amen she stands on the word of god she claims the promises of the living god and she will not be denied doesn't matter what the devil says what he tries to bring upon us the word of god is true and it's our portion and we are the word made flesh today amen hallelujah hallelujah amen i'm looking forward to this evening amen I say, Holy Ghost, light me up. Amen. Amen. I want the light of God. I want the fire of God burning in my soul. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are my all in all. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I need.
1: You are my all.
0: could I ask you to come and take us to the throne of grace tonight? And, amen. We've got one uh, prayer request written in from our brother Ben Drake and a couple requests he has. Um, they've been witnessing to a young family and just received word that the doctor has found cancer. And she's just in her 30s and she has three children so they just... The people asked, reached out to Ben and Amanda and asked to pray them to pray. So we're just going to take that to the throne of grace tonight, and also his neighbor, uh, his elderly neighbor, broke his hip the other day after a fall, had surgery. Um, there's some complications, and it's been a real friend and blessing to their family. So you just want to remember that man in prayer, also, and I believe, brother. We didn't have a written request, but Brother Raphael's wife is going for cancer surgery on Friday, correct? September the 3rd. So we just want to remember Brother Raphael's wife as well. Amen. Amen. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We
1: cry.
2: Heavenly Father, we are grateful, Lord, tonight that we are able to gather in this house, Lord Jesus, in this place, Father, where we can come together in one heart, one mind, one spirit, one accord, Father, where we can hear from you, Lord Jesus. It's a place where we can let off the pressure, Lord Jesus, where we can come lay our cares down, lay our burdens down, Father, when the world has come in, Lord Jesus, and We've been throughout the day, Lord Jesus, but now we can come to a place of rest, Lord. Lord, your word will come tonight and it will touch our hearts. We will minister to each need and each life, Father. We pray tonight, Lord, that you prepare each one of us, Lord, to receive your word, Lord. Even through the singing of the songs, through the worship, Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that every spirit would be taken under control for the glory of God. That your spirit would have full reign, full control over our lives and and of our hearts, Lord. You know each one that would be present here tonight, Lord Jesus. You know, each life, each soul who needs you, Father. We're a needy people. We all have needs, Lord. But Lord, the greatest need that we have is more of you, Lord. So tonight we have come to receive the word of God, Lord. We have come for more of you, Lord Jesus. And we pray that you would touch each heart, oh God. Touch each life, Lord Jesus. Speak the, the deep thoughts in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Even the hidden areas, oh God. We pray that the minister, Lord Jesus, your servant, Brother Michael, would come, oh God, would fill just so comfortable in your presence, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray, Lord, tonight, Lord Jesus, that you would take the man, take him out of the way, Father. We want to hear from you, Lord. Oh, God, we want to hear your words, Lord Jesus. We want to touch your throne tonight, Lord. Touch the hem of your garment, Father. There's a need, O oh God, here that my hand is laid upon now, Father, for one who has broken a rib or broken something, Lord. You are the great mender of the broken pieces, Father where you can mend a body, Father. You can mend a heart, Lord Jesus. There's needs here, Lord Jesus, for broken-hearted people. There's needs here, Lord Jesus, for souls to be repaired. And you are the great bearer, Lord Jesus, of our burdens. You are the mender of every broken heart, every broken peace, Lord Jesus. You can repair each heart. You can repair each life. You can repair each soul tonight by the preaching of your word, Father. We pray that you would come in power and demonstration of your word, O God. Oh God, that's the only reason we have come. We have not come for tradition. We have not come for a service. But we have come to meet with Almighty God. So we pray, Lord, that the righteous would be filled tonight. That you would speak to our souls, oh God. And that, Lord Jesus, we come and we would leave from this place a changed people. We love you, Lord. We're so appreciative of what you're doing in our midst. We're appreciative, Lord Jesus, of the souls and the lives that have been gathered here. We just pray, oh, Father, that you would take us each and all one step further, one step higher tonight, Lord. We dedicate this service to you. We dedicate this worship to you. We dedicate your servant, Lord, even now. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Tonight, Thank you, Brother Dan.
1: Burn on Oh burn
0: Before we invite our brother Michael, um, just uh, concerning uh, brother Gary White's memorial service that will be, uh, I guess, tomorrow, September the 2nd at 4 p.m. at Sunrise Baptist Church in Custer. If you plan to attend, please contact Sister Julie Wallman or Sister Lisa Weber, and then also the memorial service for brother Abe Dick will be held Friday, September 3rd. And um, times and locations are on the bulletin board uh, by the office. So we just want to bring that before you. Amen. We'll invite Brother Michael. And while he, when he comes, let's just sing that song, Believing, I Need Faith for the Time. you all help me sing this. but I've just had a real desire to sing it together with you. It's not
1: hard.
3: valleys. And you're still standing here because faith anchored you when you were in those low moments. Amen. We heard Brother Wayne said, he's the God of the mountain and he's the God of the valley. Amen. Is he that God to you? Amen. That's why you can sing it with that passion. You can sing it with that that determination because it is my faith that's anchored. Amen. Faith alone will see me through. I don't understand. You might be going through a difficult moment and you have no idea why. You don't understand the circumstances, but it's faith alone we'll see you through, amen nah, too many people don't have that at all they have nothing, they don't know the word of God they don't have any faith in it, they don't even know about it they don't even know the name Jesus Christ they don't know that he was a virgin born one son of God to come and heal us and come and deliver us and save us, they don't even know that my, but we have we have the opportunity tonight to praise him to serve him, in those moments when you say my faith is anchored on the rock of ages cleft at Calvary for me amen, amen Glory. You ready? Oh my. Lord, help us tonight. A little bit of a different subject tonight. I need you to pull. All right. I feel a little rusty. It's been a long time, it seems. (laughs) Thank you, musicians. That'll be all tonight. Well, we greet you all. We sure have appreciated these last weeks and what the Lord has been doing amongst us and in our families and the people and amongst our friends and our coworkers and the strangers, whichever. Lord, keep moving. Yeah. Keep breathing. Keep stirring. My goodness, the faster we can find that last one, the faster it's past 7.45, brother Tim, and we're still here. <laughs> I was hoping rapture happened before I got to the pulpit. <laughs> that was a few minutes ago already. Amen. Well, it can be just that fast. That's what we're hoping for. We're praying and believing for that. It's not no myth in our mind or just some, you know, little imagination. Right, Brother Victor? It's real. It's real. That's what we're living for. Amen. Well, we can turn to our Bibles. 1 John 2... Starting in verse eighteen. read everyone that's streaming, brothers and sisters and in the stateside, we sure remember you often and often and often. We're praying and praying and praying. And any of you that are able to cross, we're waiting and waiting and waiting to see you. <laughs> so Amen. We keep we'll keep standing strong, amen. Why don't we, just before we read the word, why don't we just pray? Heavenly Father, we sure do love you, Lord. We so appreciate you, Lord Jesus, in this sanctuary we call, Lord, church here, this building. But we are the church, Lord, your people here. They've come with their licks of fire. Lord, many, Lord, may be in front of their screens right now. They also have their licks of fire. We're uniting, Lord, in spirit, Lord, and in truth tonight that you would, Lord, come and be the breaker of the bread. Lord, not that I have anything to offer, Lord, but you alone are the giver of the words of life, Lord, that can speak to a heart and soul. Lord, people sitting in their chairs, Lord, in their pews or at home, Lord, they're not coming to hear a man. They don't come, Lord, through their busy days after a long day at work, just to come and hear some man stand here and speak words, Lord. But they do come to hear you, O God. So, Lord, I pray that you meet their expectation, Lord. Lord, you know what you've put on our heart, Lord, and you can direct it any which way you desire, Lord. We give my, I give myself to you tonight, Lord, humbly, that you would just take me in the palm of your hand and use these lips for your glory, Lord, to speak to your people. And Lord, you take your people in your hand and take their ears, Lord, so that they would hear the word that you desire to speak to them, for you know exactly what they need tonight, Lord. Maybe it's someone, Lord, that'll hear down the road, Lord. Your word is eternal and everlasting, and so may it go forth, Lord. And it might just hang in that atmosphere a little while until it needs to drop on a seed, Lord, and ignite something in their heart. So I pray, Lord, you just be with us tonight. We commit this service into your hands, we pray in Jesus' name. Alright, let's read it. Verse, 1 John chapter two, eighteen. little children, it is the last time. Hey Amen, is it the last time? Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that they were not at all, all of us. But ye, ye people, amen. Are we the ye people? (laughs) All right, good. That ye group, we heard at camp. But ye, I put your name there, have an unction from the Holy One, amen. There's the Antichrist in the last time. And those have went out from us, they're not all of us, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, not from some man, not from an Antichrist spirit, not from no one else, but the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew 24, extremely very familiar scripture, you probably don't even need to turn to it because you could probably speak it. Matthew twenty four twenty four. We'll start at twenty three. Then, if any man shall say unto you, "Lo, here is Christ," or there, believe it not, for there shall rise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Amen. God bless you. May I have your seats tonight. I always found that a very sobering scripture. For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very, very elect. And that that's, uh, that just always has struck me. And a Abraham spoke a message: false anointed ones. I should say, anointed ones. And uh, I'm just going to speak tonight a little bit on true. Anointed ones tonight. And we'll just, maybe a little short thought. Don't, don't expect to hold you any, any length of time, but we'll just punch her home, maybe, all right? Amen. Good to see you, Nathan. God bless you. Amen. So false Christ. Scripture says false Christ, false prophets. Those that don't have the truth, or they are, it is a lie. Or they speak lies, or they're speaking deception. False is, uh, this is the term false would be appearing to be a thing, uh, to be a thing denoted or, and deliberately made or meant to deceive. Alright, so something being false is, false is deliberately made or, or it's meant to deceive. It's, it's not true. And to deceive, they shall deceive the very elect is what the scripture says. That's from a, a word called planeo, which means to lead away from the truth, to lead into error, to be led aside from the path of virtue, or to sever or fall away from the truth, to deceive. And I know from a from a from a believer, I mean that is just, that is, that is so repulsive to a believer that we would be deceived. No one would want. No one likes to be deceived, <laughs> good or bad or ugly. No one likes to be deceived. You just feel, oh my, who's been deceived before? It just you know, you know something's happened. They've just been in a situation where they they found themselves on the short end of that stick. And it's a bad feeling, you know. It just like oh, you 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 feel violated. You were you were you were just you were caught into something you, you thought was true, and, and and you took it hook, line, and sinker. And then suddenly everything is completely one hundred and eighty on you, and ah, you just, just bad taste in your mouth. You been there? Yeah. My goodness, yes, indeed. No one likes it. Deception. It's the manipulation of appearances. So that they can convey a false reality is what deception is. And, and through time, there's been a lot of different deceptions and, and, and you know situations where people have gone out to, to try and deceive. You know, there's a situation back in the early 1900s, they called it the, the Piltdown Man. And he was, uh, it was a, a, a paleoanthropological hoax. That's a big word. I know. And you're like, what on earth is that? Well... It was in you know um, artifacts and uh, paleontology, and they thought they had this fellow th- thought he'd found some fossilized bones back in 1912, and they named the name after this man. You know they named it the, the Dawson's Dawn Man after the name, and, and for 40 years this this uh, it was an old, it was like um, supposedly some unknown early species of man for many many many. You know, years ago, and so, like, wow. And so, to name this, the species of man, of course, this is science and the, the, what they thought, where man came from. And, uh, and then 40 years later, it, it emerged that it was actually a huge fraud. And so, this guy had this whole thing named after him, and uh, that he discovered it. But then they actually found out that it was really just somebody that had died about 600 years prior. And that the lower jawbone had been replaced by an orangutan's jawbone from another box in the museum, and they somehow looked the same. And so this whole this whole fossil that they thought was aged and and from from many years ago really was not as old as they thought, and it was is a big deception. Indeed, it's one of the most it's it's up there in the in one of the big deceptions of time. Another one during the part during uh, the World War. There was a. Uh, they actually, the British wanted to launch an offensive attack against the the Axis uh, powers in South Italy, and in the island of Sicily was wanting to be their starting point. And so, I'm just talking deception here. And the problem was that the Germans knew this, and so they were they had to strategically figure out what they could do. And so, they they needed to get onto Sicily. And so, in order to achieve this deception, they set out constructing a, a very widespread disinformation plan to convince the Germans that the high command that they were they were uh, Rather than attack Sicily, they were going to go attack somewhere else and invade Greece and Sardinia, and so they sent out this big wide plan. They actually deposited, in a very interesting, you know, fashion, a dressed-up corpse of a tramp uh, in 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 uh, the the uniform of a major. in the army of the Royal Marines, and they drop this body off on the Spanish shore. Look at the, look at the, the, look at what they're going through. The, the amount of time and effort and planning to deceive here, this deception. And so they drop a corpse and they have forged documents in this corpse to tell them, you know, that they look highly encrypted and, and, and highly uh, secret to tell, to tell the Germans that they're not going to go to Sicily, but they're planning to go somewhere else. And so they bring up this huge fraud, this huge, huge plan, and, and they actually succeed. They actually succeed in deceiving the Germans. The Germans move out. They actually take their they took their uh, uh, forces off of Sicily and placed them in in Greece and Sardinia. And they called it Operation Mincemeat. If you ever want to look it up, ask them. But it was a big deception. It was all out there just trying to try and deceive the the, uh, the Axis forces, and actually, what happened was they were so the Germans were so upset about it, about this intelligence coup, uh, coup they called, and they said they actually ignored vital information in future uh, future um, years that actually uh, hindered their advancements in Operation Market Garden and uh, and in some other uh, other areas because they were now so hesitant. They figured they got duped, and so we're, we're not going to believe what we hear anymore. And it actually went reverse on them. Right? Deception. And they didn't, they didn't like that. <laughs> Nobody does. But these pale. These are just two. There's lots. You've got the Ponzi scam. You've got Madoff. You've got the Trojan horse. You've got the Watergate scandal. These are all deception times of deception times that people were deceived into, into believing something that was not and, and uh, you know bear, bear bore the consequences. But the biggest deception, they pale. Pale when we look at the deception that Satan has been working on since the Garden of Eden and even before. All right? He's a master of deceit. A master of deceit. And you think, if you think that the, the allies went through so much work to take a corpse and, and dress it up and drop it on a shore and do what do, what is Satan trying to do to deceive? What plans has he orchestrated? Years of time trying to deceive people, trying to deceive the bride of Christ. Okay? He's, that's where his focus is going to be. Not, not necessarily on his own, he knows he already got them, but he's out to try and deceive God's people. And the biggest deception I was just pondering is, you know, is, is in fact that, that mankind, for the most part, feels that they're just really okay on this planet right now, and they don't really need to seek a way of escape. There's very minimal, especially nowadays, now minimal thought on what's happening after i after I die, really, is, is, is there eternity, uh, you know, minimal care on what happens maybe afterwards? Is there more after life? Uh, I think I've said before, I was in a, in a university class, and, a, and there was a discussion, and a lady said, you know, their daughter had asked them, what, you know, what happens when, I, when we die, Mom? And she said, well, I don't know. She had never thought about it before. And I was just blown away in my mind that she'd never actually thought about what happened after she died. All she was living was in the tunnel of her little world and, and somehow it was the day only that her thoughts ended in here. It took her little child to actually open that up in her thought and mind and she had no, no clue. And Satan's got unbelie- you know, people so wrapped up in their world of entertainment and work and our troubles of life and all that that they're not even really thinking about it. They're so consumed with what they're doing right now. And that's very much where we're at because more and more Satan's got us so spun up that we're really just focusing on the day, on the issues of life that we're, that we're dealing with and not really looking at the real issues of life. Is What are you going to be when you end your three score and ten? Let's just throw it out there. Where are you after three score and ten if God gives you four score? That's 20 years per score. Where are you? right? That's important. I'd say that's important more than my work and more than what my tasks are today or what, I'm gonna, what, what uh, goals I need to achieve at my work and so on and so forth. But so Satan's got, the, you know, the unbeliever wrapped up in that. And then he takes the make-believer and he, he tucks him over and he goes, you know, they're okay. He's going to get them in ha- whatever level of religion they're in and, you know, figure out what, you know, and just get them to a state where they feel they're adequate. They're, they're kind of feeling that they've, they've hit the benchmark, and, and, and their religious aspect of their life is, is, is met. And so he's, he's got how many religions of the world that he's, that he's got people tucked into and deceived. Deceived. Right? Devoted to their God and convinced they're gonna make it to heaven. Whatever their heaven is, he's got them figuring they've got, you know, whatever name there is. There's a lot of religions and a lot of, a lot of places people feel is the afterlife, right? Maybe it's an ant in, in, uh, you know, reincarnation or something, or maybe it's, it's, you know, whichever. They've got their, Satan's got them wrapped up and deceived in their thought of what after, you know, what is after, after life and after, after death. First Timothy, or second Timothy four says, back up. Then on a Christian level, let's just take the, whoosh, to just the Christian. Christianity as a whole, then he get, takes care of those because they're getting kind of close to the truth. And so he has to deal with them a little bit differently. Someone that's, you know, believing Buddha or something like that, they're, they're in a, such a different realm. But he's got those that are, are closer to the truth. They're just a little bit closer. He's got to deal with them a little differently. Okay? He's got a little more attention to make sure that they're still deceived. And so he has those serving God. Jesus Christ, but unawares that they're actually serving himself. So he has to deal with that as well. All right. Second Timothy two or second Timothy four says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And so here people are, they're not even going to have ears. They're, they're itching ears and turning even their ears away from what is true and turning unto fables untruth, falsehood, or a deception. Now, here we are in Laodicea. I'm just kind of jumping through a couple little pieces here. Here we are in Laodicea, which is an age that is deceived beyond all deception. This is our age. Here we are. All right? Read your Bible. If you don't know what the church ages are, go into Revelations 2 and 3. It's going to go through the different ages through time. All right, we'll go through a little bit of, of uh, what's been given in our age. And we know we have a prophet sent in our age to, to reveal and open the things of the Scripture so we know where we are at. And the seals have been opened to let us know where we are in time and who we are. I'm not just speaking my own thoughts here, all right? And I know many of you know this. But Revelation three seventeen to 18, Because thou sayest, this is Laodicea church age, this is Jesus speaking, Because thou sayest, thou sayest, Laodicea, I am rich, I am increased with goods, and have need of nothing, meaning I have it all. If I don't need anything, i got everything, all right? And all the while, let's skip ahead in some scripture. Remember, this is Jesus speaking on the outside of the door of the church, all right? So he's outside of the door of the church, and he's saying, because thou sayest, you Laodicean church, this is not Laodicean unbeliever, this is not Laodicean wretch and miserable, uh, 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 someone who doesn't even know God, this is the church of Laodicea, all right? I have need of nothing. But Abraham says, I have need of nothing. Now, when somebody says, I don't need nothing, you could very well say, I have everything. Right, you can express it this any way you want. It all adds up to the fact the church is complacent, satisfied with what she has. She either figures she has all, or has enough, and that's exactly what we find today. He says, "What denomination is not claiming that it has the revelation and the power of the and the truth?" Listen to Baptists. Listen to this. Listen to hear the Methodists and all. Listen to the Church of Christ. Everyone is wrong, but them. Hear what the Pentecostals say. They have the fullness of the fullness. Now they know I'm telling the truth about them. And he says a few more. I'll skip a little. He goes, "They wrote it all out just so nice." He goes, God doesn't just move, just doesn't have any more. They're saying, there's no more. We, we've got it. This is where denominations fail. This is where, why they're dead is because they put the box around God and say, this is just it. It was for the, for better cost, it was speaking in tongues was the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Then they put a box around it. Said That's it. That's, that's where it's at. And God moved on and they died. Methodists and Lutherans and every other one, they died because they put a box around God. All right. They don't believe in healing. It would not, they wouldn't want it, although it's in the Word. He says, there are those who would not even take the Holy Spirit if God opened the heavens and showed them a sign. Compare this 20th century church to the 1st century church. Go ahead and do that. He says, where is the power? Where is the love? Where is the purified church that withstood sin and walked with faith toward Jesus? Where is the unity? You can't find it. If this church, the Laodicean church, has all it needs, why were they crying out for more in the book of Acts as though they didn't have it all and they had far more? Than they have today. Amen. We're just talking the status. Or the, the condition. Of the Laodicean church age. We're not talking bride. I'm talking the, the denominational church system. Or the churches. And knowest not. And knowest not. Continuing in scripture. Deceived. Jesus is speaking here. And knowest not that thou art wretched. And miserable. Wretched, Laodicean age, wretched, comes from two Greek words, enduring, enduring trial, he says. And he goes, that is so different from a Christian who has a trial. He says, as blessed is his attitude and one of joy when you go through a trial. For the trial of my faith, right? We go through a trial and we say, Lord, count it all joy count it all joy, but here he's saying in the Laodicean church age, no, it's wretched, they're enduring misery, they're enduring a trial, and he goes, how strange in this age of plenty, in this age of progress, in this age of abundance, how can there be trials? Well, he goes, it's strange, but in this age of plenty and opportunity, when everyone has so much, there's so much more to be had with all the inventions to do our work, and so many things to give us pleasure, suddenly we find ill, mental illness taking its toll. As to alarm the nation, I have everything. I'm increased with goods. I don't need anything more. There's nothing else I need. This is the state. But yet, suddenly, we find mental illness. With nothing really to be unhappy about, millions are taking sedatives at night, pet pills in the morning, rushing to doctors, excuse me, mercy, entering institutions and trying to drown out unknown fears by alcohol or drugs. This is the state now of Laodicea. This age boasts tremendous stores of worldly goods, but they're less happy than ever. Do we, do we find that? I'm just giving you a brush up of where you're living. This age boasts of spiritual attainments, but the people are less sure of themselves than ever. Boasts of moral values. It's more corrupt than the flood. Talks of knowledge and science, but it's fighting a losing battle in all fields, for the human mind, soul, and spirit cannot comprehend or keeping abreast with the changes. just happening so fast. Eh? Older ones, the computer's moving on, you're hardly able to handle the iPad. It's just moving too fast. The mind, the mental capacity, it's not there. One generation, we've gone all the way from horse and buggy age to space age. Proud and boastful, but inside is a dark, void cavern that is crying out torment. And without a known reason, men's hearts failing for fear. And the world is so darkened that this age could well be the age of neurotics. What a deception! Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable. What a horrible age for people to live in that do not know Christ. That's why we preach Christ. So they say, hey, this is the age I'm in. I'm experiencing all of that. I am, my heart is failing for fear. And I am suddenly find myself, I am, a, I am a neurotic right now. Well, I tell you who you need. You need Jesus Christ. You need the one who's knocking at the door saying, I'm still wanting in. There's still time. I haven't left. I haven't raptured. Knock, knock, knock tonight. Amen. Amen. It boasts, but it cannot back it up. It cries, Peace, but there is no peace. It cries that it has a great amplitude of all things, but it keeps burning with desire like an unsatisfied fire. There is no peace, saith my God to the wicked. I tell you, the Church Age book is a gem. It's an incredible book. If you have not read it lately, you might want to dig into it, because all I just said was in there. And poor, and blind, and naked. This is the Spirit saying this to the churches, all right? Remember, this is Jesus Christ saying this. It's in red in your Bible. It's in red in mine. Is it red in yours? All right. This isn't me. This isn't someone else. This is Jesus Christ. Here's a people who say they are of God and know God and have His Holy Spirit, and yet they are naked and blind and don't know it. They are already deceived. They have the wrong spirit. The elect cannot be deceived, but it is evident that these others are. These are they who become blind because they refuse the word of God. They are those who are stripped themselves naked by leaving God's care and protection and sought to build their own way of salvation, their own tower of Babel by organization. Deceived. My. Brutal. A brutal time. Amen. A brutal time. He says, oh, how lovely and beautifully dressed they appear in their own eyes. As they form their general assemblies and councils, etc., God is stripping it all away, and they are naked for these organizations have but led them into a camp of antichrist, into a field of terrors. And they don't know it. What a deception. The greatest, that to me, that's the greatest deception of all time. Or at least one of them. That someone is believing that they are serving and worshiping the king of kings and lord of lords. And they are expending their energy and their sincerity. And they're believing they're worshiping in spirit and in truth. And really they're in an organization. They're in a denomination. They're in some structure, some form. And they're actually serving the devil himself. I know that's pretty straight. But that is what it is. And anointed, and anointed, because the rain, as we know, the scripture says, falls on the just and the unjust. True. The same Holy Spirit that anoints the church that gives them the desire to save souls, that gives them power to perform miracles, it falls on the just and the same as, as on the unjust, the same as the just. The very same Spirit, but Abraham says, now you can't make it another way and understand Matthew twenty-four twenty-four. True, true. It would deceive the very elect if it were possible. And I was pondering that. And just maybe for, I have just a, just a second there, Joe, but we'll put that up. And I was just pondering that because Brother Brown preached that message one time, but he references it in many other messages, but he preaches anointed ones of the end time. And it's a, it's a very sobering message, I would say. And just pondering, he speaks about the graft branches. And I just for even the little ones, he can say, My, they're anointed. It's the same Holy Spirit that anoints you, Daniel, as you worship and as you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But, and they're receiving the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit, but they're wrong. Brother Abraham talks about a graft. That, uh, he goes in and he sees a farm, and there's a graft tree. And the tree has multiple fruits on it. So I have one for you because this just happened in the last recent years. You can put up the first image. All right. There it is. That's the tree of 40 fruits. Tree of 40 fruits. It has a- a- almond, apricot, cherry, nectarine, peach, and plum varieties on it. 40 different varieties of those fruits on that tree. There's quite a number. There's a number of them around the world now, and they've been grafted over 250 different branches. Get grafted in, and it's quite the process. They get they get they get sliced at the nodes, and they 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 tape it on, or they do a fancy cut and they they slide it and 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 put the the branch on. And it takes even a year to know if that branch even works, and then it takes even some more years before fruit comes. But here, if you can go to the next photo, you can see that there's fruit coming off these branches. They've been all grafted into the tree all these different sorts. I couldn't even tell you which one of this tree is the original. But here they are grafted in so they're they're drawing life. They're drawing anointing from this tree. They're drawing what it needs to produce fruit from this tree. 40 different ones of fruit on that tree drawing a source from the roots. All right? Here just to understand a little bit of how what Abraham is speaking false anointed ones of the end time. How can that be? Because they're grafted in. They're receiving life. But the fruit is not the original fruit. All right? They, 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 they're producing, they, they can portray something, but it's not the original life. Right? But when a branch starts to butt up from that, from that tree, it draws from the same source, but by their fruits, ye shall know them. And so this tree, if it produced an original branch, it would be original fruit. Amen. Help you understand the, how that can be in an age, receiving the same Same anointing from the same Holy Spirit that the bride receives, but it's by their fruits you'll know where their life is. And it's in an age, but Abraham says, twilight's a deceiving hour. A deceiving hour, but we're to have a messenger in twilight. Amen. Because how do we know? What is right or wrong in an age of twilight where we've had darkness all through the ages now come? How would we know what is right and what is wrong unless we had someone come and reveal it to us? Amen. If we relied on man's thoughts and man's interpretations, well, you're in a thousand different ideas of what man's come up with. And my goodness, I was all over the website. Well, I'll just even go. My goodness. there. Lord, help me. I Googled Trump prophecies. Dangerous, I know. Because I was wanting to see well, we have a prophet. And my goodness, I'm not ashamed to say it neither. And I pulled up a quote. I don't have it. I, I didn't, don't think I even printed it. But I think it's about 1,600 and something times. He says, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. In fact, I'm going to see if I did print it. I think I did maybe. Maybe I did not. So therefore, it's by memory. And he's speaking, and he tells the congregation how he he's, he's said and he's spoken things in the name of the Lord. And he said, Thus saith the Lord. And he says, Has it ever been wrong? And he lets it go quiet. And it says in brackets, congregation is silent. There's nothing there. He lets it sit. Come on, he was not ashamed. He stood as a prophet. He knew he was vindicated. He said, I've spoken how many times thus saith the Lord. And has it ever been wrong? He's standing publicly before everybody, before all. He's taped. He's broadcast. It's through radios. It's through telephones. Has it ever been wrong? So then here, in 2015, spurred by the lengthy, the lengthy prophecy of some 27-year-old man named Jeremiah Johnson, many Pentecostals and Charismatics embraced his idea that God chose Trump to restore Americans America's Christian moorings. Dear goodness, Trump's surprise win in 2016 offered a dramatic validation, and in 2020, dozens, dozens of prophets declared that he would win election again. Did he? No, no, he did not. And then all of the antics and things that we know went on beyond that. And here now dozens declare and they prophesied that this would happen. And then it did not happen. And they don't even acknowledge it. Or it's like, well, you know, we got we it wrong. We're moving on. False prophets! False prophets! Antichrist! That's not who we're following. That's who, that's who they're following here in this age of Laodicea. I tell you, there's been a prophet that never one time and said, if it's wrong, I'll put a sign on my back and walk through the streets saying a false prophet. I said, that's Micaiah and Abraham, Ahab all over again. Who Micaiah came up and said, oh, we're gonna go up and we're gonna go fight. And, they, and he comes up and he, they want him to give a different pro, a different word. Come on, he says, tell me, you always tell me bad things. He says, you know, I'm only going to say what the Lord said. And Ahab here saying, you know, and he tells him, go up, but I see you scattered. Why? Because he reached back. He knew Elijah had already said something and he could not go against that word. The word had already been spoken. So he's going to speak what the word has already said and not deviate. That's a true prophet. How could you go against what a prophet has already said? Saying America is judged? He said, you rejected America, rejected the message of Christ, you rejected the Holy Ghost when it was confirmed before you, even right in your own capital buildings where the power of Christ showed itself, and know the thoughts of man, he could heal the sick, and could discover the secret places of the heart, and do exactly what God said would happen in the last days, and you turn it down, yeah. and then somebody thinks they're going to come and say, oh, no, go up, go up, you'll be blessed, uh-uh. oh, yeah, you're going to be reelected, no, you're judged. There is no going back to your Christian moorings. It's a judge nation. And so is Canada. But you need to see where we are in our day. You need to see what's happening in our day. That's where we're at. You can't just namby-pamby around and be like, oh, you know, we, we have a prophet. No, our prophet is real. It's true. His word is truth. You need to be able to stand on that and see what the others are saying out here. I just blew my mind. My goodness, that they would actually. So where are the people that are saying everything about the message? Where are they now talking about their Pentecostal and charismatics here? Come on, put your websites up about that. You put them to task about being false prophets. Stand for truth, and so will you. Yeah. Scripture says, Come out of her, my people. That's what a message came for to call us out and into Jesus Christ. In the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost today is just the same as it was back in the day of our Lord. He said, It is receiving the word of truth for the day which you live. That's receiving the Holy Ghost. You say, well, you mean if I don't receive this word, I'm not going into rapture? Absolutely. I didn't say you ain't saved. But absolutely, if you do not receive the message of this day, there is no way. This came to call it bride out. And how can you be bride and raptured if you don't accept the message of your day? You are never in the ark if you didn't listen to Noah. You are never, you are, you're dead. It's a Passover if you didn't listen to Moses. And you're dead today. You're not in a rapture today if you don't receive the word today. That's the word of God. They refused the word to take a denominational system because they, that they can do what they want to and get by with it. Broken cisterns. But you can't do it in Christ. You've got to come clean and clear in order to be in Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, Better Wayne said it, can't He said, Hold your possession. I've said that a lot of times. Isaac, a the Bible way. You stay in line. You hold your position. You stand rock solid on what God has revealed to us. And we just keep going forward. Amen. Don't you let Satan deviate. I was just thinking, I was reading, reading, uh, false anointed, one, or anointed ones. And he talks about Balaam. And he talks about Zedekiah and d- these different ones. And he, and, and in a couple, of, and then I was reading God of this evil age. And I was just pondering, Lord help us. Do not, do not identify yourself or associate yourself with that system ever. Brother Brown says they have no condemnation. Nothing bothers them. He says, Balaam taught the church. He goes, let's just unite and we're all the same. It was the last trick and God never forgave them for believing a lie. He says, Brother Brown says, we are not the same. You are a separate people. Be separate. We can share this gospel light. We will shout it on the mountaintops. But we don't get, well, we're all the same. We are not the same. We have got a word of this hour. And that's where we stand on. And Brother Branham says, it was the last trick. And God never forgave Israel for that. My. And you're sitting on a sideline. I Brother Branham says... And now he says there's false anointed ones in the last days. false Not false Jesuses. He says false Christ. False anointed. They are anointed. But they're antichrist. They're anointed, he says. But they won't line up with his word. Many will come to me at that day and say, Lord, have not I prophesied? And have not I cast out devils in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. And I said, Lord, may there not be a worker of iniquity. He was bruised for our iniquities. There's a sacrifice for you. If you're sitting there and now she's saying, now that's me. I've been, I know what I should do. You want to know what iniquity is? It's somebody that knows you ought to do something and you won't do it. And you're sitting there and you know the word of the hour is right. You just can't do it. You're just saying, I just can't get there. It's iniquity. And I say, get off the fence. You know, the word You hear it, you're listening to this tape, he says, you're listening to this message, you see the Lord God say so, you see him confirm it and make it true, and you know just as plain as the sun is shining outside that you're but you'll hold on to your denomination, or I said man's injected ideas, your own thoughts into what you think it is. Let it go. See with bruised for that iniquity. Don't do it any longer. There's fresh manna for our day. But the rest of the next scripture further down in Matthew 24. He says where the carcass is, the eagles will gather. But Abraham says we are not looking on, we're not feeding on, carry on. We're not feeding on some some past days message. We're not feeding on Noah's past days, get in the ark, there's no ark here. We're feeding on a word to get us out of here. It's fresh manna. Don't be a vulture. We ain't no vultures here. We're eagles feeding on fresh Now, that's the false side. That's the false side. But a word came so that it would draw us out, which many of you or all of you have been called out, amen? That's why we have such passion for it, because you know what we've been called out of? We've been called out of all what we just talked about, out of the deception, out of the deceived aspect, amen? Why? Why? We're attracted to the word of our hour. Why? Because there's something inside. Amen? There's something inside. And that's where the scripture says, you have ye, have an unction. That is an anointing is what that means. An unction is an anointing. Amen? To activate something inside of you. Amen? There's something inside. When that anointing falls upon you, it strikes a seed inside you and you respond to the word. But Abraham says, want to drop a little something in here. He says, to help you. There is a predestinated people that's going to receive it. Amen! Amen. Amen. There's a predestinated people that's going to receive it. Glory. I tell you, and if you're wondering in question what I'm talking about right now, we are talking about nothing that's not inside page one to page ending. All right? Nothing. I'm not telling you, man, my own ideas. Or you're saying, "Well, you're referencing a message." It points back to the Word every time. If you can't find it in the me- if it's in the message, you can't find it in the Word. Then it is false. It's got to be in the Word of God. <laughs> now, an unction, it's an anointing. Yes. Now we say we're anointed, or they're false anointed, or we're the true anointed ones, as we're just preaching pre- on nine. I think I said that right. But I was walking up here at Sunday, speaking on. <laughs> and my daughter said, what's that, Dad? And I said, well, that's oil. The scripture says, you pray, you anoint them with oil, and they shall be healed. Amen. It's in James. And so I was reading false anointed or anointed ones before this, and I was just thinking about the anointing of oil. And how it can be something so simple that we just glaze over it. But what is an anointing? What is an anointing? You say, I'm anointed. He's anointed me. I feel the anointing. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? You just say it. An anointing. An unction is an anointing. All right? We have an unction. Ye, an unction of the Holy One. It is to wipe or to smear an object is anoint. It's to consecrate and make something sacred okay it's to consecrate something it's the intent of anointing something to set a person apart or a place or a thing for divine use amen or it's anoint it became a symbol of protection of empowerment or and blessing as we know today so so here we have an unction from the Holy One. We, 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 are, we are being consecrated. We are, bec- we are made sacred by the Holy One. Amen. With the intent to set us apart for divine use. My anointing is becoming a little, little more than just, oh, I'm anointed. No, you're anointed. Okay. Here we are in Genesis though. It began way back. If you look at the very beginning of where anoint even comes in. Or anointing with oil in the scripture. comes in it comes back in Genesis 28, 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and he ro- and took the stone where he rested and, and had, had his dream there with the ladder going up in heaven. And he set up a pillar and he poured oil upon the rock. All right, on top of it, I should say, on the pillar. And this was the first time that in Scripture we see anoint, something's anointed with oil. And he anointed, poured oil on it. And then we, it, the Scripture goes forward. And then the, the priestly garments in the tabernacle, and the ornaments now were anointed. Christ was was giving what they should do, and he said you should make an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of apothecary, and make a holy anointing oil. And they then anointed the tabernacle, and the vessels, and the candlesticks, and the altar. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me. And you shall speak unto the children of Israel that they shall be holy, anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. And upon man's flesh, or another another translation means another like another person, or just anybody. It was for the priest. Uh, The priests of the the tabernacle, you should not be poured, neither shall you make any other like it after the composition. It's holy, and it should be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from the people. God considered his anointing very precious. It was consecrated. It shouldn't touch anyone but who I say. It's touch. It anoints the the uh, the uh, ornaments for the tabernacle and in his service. And anyone that touches it or anybody that makes it, that is not. It should be cut off. You don't just handle this the the the, the holy spirit with just oh nothing, just casualness. Because the oil is a symbol of the holy spirit, the anointing of of, of the holy spirit. You just you just don't handle them casually. It says if you just willy nilly, it's cut off. That's what, that's what the Scripture says here. There's no impersonations. There's no substitutes. There is one anointing, and it's the Holy Spirit. Then anointing took another step if you walk through Scripture because then anointing started to be, they started anointing for kingship. And as we know, they, they anointed Saul, and I just then from there, we know Samuel, as we'll go through a little Scripture here, he anointed he, David with oil. And so anointing now became very... Um, Connected with kingship because that's what they did. The prophet would go and he'd take the, the little horn and he'd go and anoint the, the, the person to be king as the Lord spoke to him. All right? And scripture says, and it came to pass when they were come, he looked at on Eliab and said, Whew, surely this is the Lord's anointed. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Man saw Eliab. Big and strong. And said, surely it's the Lord's anointed. No, but the Lord said, look not on his countenance or his height or his stature. I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man, but he looketh on the, for he looketh on the outward, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Amen. I love this passage of scripture. But here's Samuel thinking, ah, here's the anointed. I'm going to anoint him with oil. No, you're not. He's not my anointed. All right, so he moves on and he sees Abinadab, And no, no, not having chosen him, and Shammah, neither has the Lord chosen him. And he goes through all seven sons. Mm-mm, none of those. And Samuel said, Are these all your children? Where is there? And he says, No, there remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And he sent and brought him, now he was ruddy and with all a beautiful countenance and goodly to look on. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now look at the connection here. Here the prophet has come with the oil The unholy oil of the anointing oil. He's now come. He's finding who's the right one. God has now shown him. It's David, and now you will anoint him. And after the anointing, the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So now it's not just it's not just I'm anointing your king, but now with that oil, with that anointing, with that unction, came also a a, a, something from from the supernatural realm realm that descended upon that person. Okay. So there was a, a, a chair. Something went from, from the heavenly realm into the natural realm and descended upon the person who was being anointed. Amen. There was, there, was, there was a transfer of something. Right? When someone was anointed, they were anointed and they were anointed with power or they were anointed with, with virtue or righteousness. They were anointed and something came upon them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David. Now, what if Samuel had had just anointed Iliab, what would have happened? Anybody want to take a wild guess? You're all like, nothing. Because he wasn't God's chosen one. He didn't have the seed. That's why you could pour the Holy Spirit on those that don't have a seed, and they don't. The life, nothing happens. The same as when the Holy Spirit falls upon a chosen one, upon God's seed, upon God's elect, because on God's predestinated, then something happens. The Spirit of the Lord fell upon him, and there's a change. David became somebody different. It wouldn't have had the same effect on Eliab. So now we had the right person, Samuel, a prophet taking with the word of the Lord, who has the word of the Lord now, a prophet of God is coming, okay? The right person now, he's coming too. God's elected, God's chosen, David, all right? And he's coming at the appointed time that God chose. Go and anoint me a king. It wasn't Samuel's time. Well, looks like we need a new king around here. I don't really know what Saul's doing, but it's pretty bad. So I think I'm just going to anoint him. No, God had a time. God had a moment where that anointing would take place. So all those aspects have to be in order. And then the seed inside is activated. Because it's at a certain season, God needs that to come to be. And at that moment, Goliath's clock started ticking. Because David now was anointed. He was now anointed to take on what God had before him. Right? Goliath didn't come before the anointing. Goliath was after the anointing because David could walk up to Goliath and say, Ha-ha, I've got kingship ahead of me. So I don't know what you got in your plan, but I'm taking you down because I've been anointed to stand. Amen? So therefore, at the time that he was anointed, little did he know, your clock's ticking, Goliath. Amen? At a certain time, a certain message, by a certain messenger, at a certain season, to a certain bride, started, came and struck the seed. And Satan's... And the clock started ticking for your Goliaths. Because you know what is ahead. But you are now anointed with a message that gives you the power. You are transferred. God anointed you with a message of this day. By a prophet that came in this day to give you, thus saith the Lord. That's why he can say, they will say, thus saith the Lord, or stand still. Why? Because you've been given it. the Wayne said it at the services. The bride will have, thus saith the Lord. What is it? It's not your own words. A prophet already gave it. And power has now been transferred to his bride. Because you are the true anointed of this day. Now, but Brahm says, some people get this impression... Of what the anointing is, my the anointed one. That's why when anointing oil became so connected with kingship. That's why when Jesus came, he was the Messiah, the anointed one. Why they called him son of David, the king of the Jews, because they knew he's he's the Messiah. He's connected with kingship. And so now when people get their impression of what anointing is, he said, do you ever think what's the greatest anointing ever to give anyone? What did they do when they had anointing? The greatest anointing that was ever give anyone was Jesus Christ. We have the spirit by measure. He had it without measure. And one day he entered into the temple, and he picked up the scroll, and he read and said, The Spirit of God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the acceptable year, to bind up the broken heart, to heal the sick, to give sight to the blind. And he goes, And now we would think, if such anointing was on him, that had been prophesied 800 years before, that he'd come with that type of anointing, the full blessing and anointing of the Lord, we would have one run around the building and scream and holler. <laughs> You can scream and holler all you want, but Brother Branham says he laid down the scroll and sat down precious words proceeded from his mouth. And what he, and that's what he done under the anointing. The anointing was not emotion. It's the anointing is supreme power in control. Woo! Glory! Supreme power in control. My goodness. Amen. Jesus was reading the scripture. He was anointed, but God's prophecy for the moment, it activated something complete and total supreme power now is in control because the anointed one was now stepped into his position. And you know what clock started ticking? It started to wind down. Deaths. Cock started ticking down her. The grave started ticking down her because the mighty one, the mighty conqueror had now stepped in and supreme power in total control is now walking in flesh on earth and saying, Satan, here I come. And as we were saying now, fast forward all through time, here now seeds seeds lay dormant, lay dormant, just waiting for the time to be activated. Amen. But in obedience, this little faith woman that lives by faith, the bride, he says, she's part of that word and she's watching for her life to manifest that word. Amen. Oh, he goes, I hope that didn't go over you. Oh, brothers, I hope you can see it. He says, the body is waiting for the life. To confirm or make it alive. That's what she's waiting for. No other life will work in her. Uh -uh. She can't come to life any other way. She feels it out there. She knows it's going to happen. And there it happens. There it happens. She wakes up. Let there be. And she came forth like the first one come forth. Amen. The spoken bride. Now, he says... Give me a church, we know this quote, that's so completely anointed with God, so completely anointed, supreme power in control with God till their every action and move is thus saith the Lord. We've been given that. We have thus saith the Lord. And so we're saying what the prophet said. That's thus saith the Lord. We aren't deviating. Say what the tapes say. Thus saith the Lord. I'll show you a Messiah, anointed one of God, standing on earth. you got to take that in yourself. Say, "Uh uh-huh, that's me now. That's me now. I'm standing here. I'm now anointed. The devil's time clock is ticking because there's something ahead. There's something ticking down that I've been anointed to conquer. Come on. What is it? What's ticking downward? Come on. What is it? We've got rapture ahead of us. Why? Because there's seeds that have been activated and anointed for rapture. But there's got to come one, hallelujah, he says, come run real bride. There must come one that's not got mechanics, we heard it at camp, but the dynamics, amen, makes the church live and move in the power of his resurrection. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, brother Darren. Messiah's. you read it on Monday night. I was already have my notes on anointed ones of the end time, Amen. You can't go through Messiah and not read through all of that. He says what? He says, and God comes in His church and anoints Him, anoints Him, some messiahs. Woo, we. What are you anointed for? We've got the. F- He's poured out his spirit. He's anointed us in this last day. You can look back and there was Daniel and he was anointed to stand against the lion's So are you anointed to stand against the lions of this day and not be devoured by Laodicea. So are you anointed to stand through the flames of the hot heat that Satan pours on you. But it'd be like a cool breeze because you're anointed to stand here in this day. You're anointed like Samson who took the jawbone of an ass and started to swing it. Amen in his hands. He said, they know that some supernatural strength when he struck that warrior on the head and dented in and killed him instantly. Right hand and left hand he struck every time he struck. The power of God struck. It doesn't take what we would think a great thing. It takes a hand that's completely anointed with the Holy Ghost, with God's power to strike down the enemy under any circumstance. Brother Aaron Hardy, if you're listening to me right now, we were fellowshipping on Monday. And he started to speak about Samson and the jawbone. And it was just so glorious how he was talking. And I said, oh, that's just so good, Brother Aaron. I said, you're preaching to me right now. And he said, he took the jawbone. Brother Aaron, amen. This is our position. This is a husband of a home. And he's reading and feeding on the word. And he's preaching to me. And he says, then Samson took the jawbone of an ass. And he started swinging. He says, what was it? He said, it was the jawbone. It's the mouth. It's the spoken part. He says, we take the mouth and we speak glory we take by our mouth anointed to speak the word your words fail but his words through your lips will never fail Like Shamgar, who claimed his family. Like Vakia, who stood, regardless of the opinion around him, anointed to stand. Like Jeremiah, no matter what anybody said, he said, God told me, you're going for 70 years captivity. He was anointed, no matter if he was alone to stand. And so are you, anointed to stand alone if you have to. It was all God then. It's all now, the same anointing. But there's one, there's one, as we close. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him before his translation. He had his testimony that he pleased God translated he was transposed or changed is what that word actually even means and the anointing that anointed him is the same anointing that we are under in this day amen the same unction the same unction from the Holy One, our type in the Old Testament, Enoch, that's who we are. And what's going to happen is it's going to activate the seed inside of us. It's been sitting there. There's never been a people that have had that in the deposited inside of them to be activated. Never, never. So when the unction, when the anointing of the Holy Spirit from this day, from this message, this Day's message in this day's bride is going to bring a transposing or a translation of a people. Amen. Never was there a time, never was there a seed. But this day, because of a message that it came in this hour, we are anointed for rapture. Glory. Hallelujah. That's why I love this message with everything that's in me. Because it's got the power inside of it. It's got what it's going to take to make me take that step that Enoch took. And that his atoms were completely changed. You need to change the very molecules of your body. That has to happen. There is no other message. There's no other denomination. There's no other word. There's no other man's thoughts. But the thoughts of God for this day that line up with this Bible and say at this time there's gonna be a mighty angel. He's gonna descend and he's gonna give a word to an angel that's gonna give a message to prepare us to activate a rapture seed. You. Are the two anointed ones. We can praise him. Musicians why don't you come. Glory. Glory to God. Now he says if Christ comes. And shows himself tonight. He says now if I've said right. I have said right. He was Messiah. And the believers. That means he's the anointed one. And we have his anointing. He says won't that Same anointing, perform the same thing each time. Each time. I say, hey, what is your need tonight? If it's the same Messiah, if it's the same one in the Bible days, if it's the same one with a prophet, it's the same anointing right now. What's your need? What's your cry? He will meet it. He said, it's the same thing every time. Yes, it is.
1: Hallelujah. Oh God. Hallelujah.
3: You speak it. You know what your need is. You say, Lord, your anointing is here. Your spirit is in this place. We don't just come to church to come to church. I'm not a false anointed one. I'm a true anointed one of the end time. I've got the Messiah in me. I'm a Messiah. Oh God. I got healing needs. I got children needs. I got financial needs. I don't know what the need is, but I know there's a God that can meet it. Oh, he says, don't pay attention to the messenger. Look at the message. It's the message, he says it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah water with praise saints water with praise open your mouth thanksgiving and say Lord you know my need I put it on my lips tonight now I'm just thanking you but Bram says so many times just go thanking him just go thanking him what's your need go thanking him do you believe yes I believe then go believing and thank him that's not a difficult recipe I say it tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ you have what your need is now go thank him in Jesus Christ's name hallelujah hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be the name of the Lord hallelujah it is well it is well hallelujah Lord you have your way tonight oh God Have your way tonight, Lord. Oh, God, we don't want to disturb your spirit, Lord. We don't want to disturb and disrupt your moving, oh God. I know we got schedules. I know we got things to do. I know we got nights and children. But, oh God, we don't want to leave. Lord, until you bless us as Jacob held on to the angel, oh God. Oh God, may those that are here tonight, may they receive every aspect of your word, Lord. We don't come here to sit in a pew. We don't come just to hear a good message. We come because we want to hear the anointing. We want to hear what you have for us. Because we have needs in this body. And oh God, if there's not a bride now that can receive your word and accept it. Oh God, it's never going to be. For it's this time. It's this season. This message, Lord.
1: Hallelujah. 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 Glory,
3: glory. It is well. It is well. Why? Because Messiah has come tonight. The anointed one. The anointed one that can come and fulfill all the desires of your heart. That's who's here tonight. Reach out and touch him. Say, oh, pass me not. Oh, gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. Yes.
1: Hallelujah.
3: Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 Lord. Yes, Lord. Break the chains, Lord, indeed. Oh, God, you've been moving. You've been stirring, oh, God. Oh, we've been praying, Lord. This is what we've been praying for: for a sweep for a move, for a stirring. Oh God, we sit in your Holy Spirit. We put names on our lips, Lord. Dozens and dozens of names. I think it's Sister Sherry now, right now. Oh God, we're believing. Lord, I don't care about how impossible the situation. We've got a God that can take care of the impossible. And we can sing, it is well, it is well in difficult circumstances, in difficult situations. It's not it is well with my body. It is not it is well with my spirit. But it is well with my soul because my faith is anchored on the rock of faith. Oh God. With my soul. Let's sing it as well.
1: It is well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With my soul. Oh, with my soul. Oh, it is well. It is well. Oh, it
3: We could start at the beginning of the service and we think about all those that are deceived and they got no hope. They don't have a clue. But you are sitting in a, in a sanctuary tonight and standing say, ho oh, ho, the sky, not the grave is our goal. Oh, what peace that comes with this anointing. Because you can say, it don't matter. It just don't matter what happens to this flesh. That's why Job could say, I know my Redeemer liveth because I can see these flesh worms destroy this body. In my flesh I shall see God. He could sing it as well. It is well. Oh, but
1: Lord, tis for thee. Oh, for that coming. We wait for the The cry of the shadow. Pride! Right.
3: could hear us tonight Lord Lord you could hear the sweetness of each voice I'm sure Lord your spirit just moved across the audience moved to each little room connected Lord as you listened to each little word and you caught Lord the inflection of I love you I love you why because I was shackled I was bound by chains of sin but then the worthy one came down Oh, God, and home on Calvary, how can we not say, I love you. I love the lamb that was slain. Blessed be your name, Lord. Heavenly Father, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Dwell within your praises of the people, Lord. Heavenly Father, tonight we have so appreciated your presence Lord you're so faithful faithful one, so unchanging Lord man has changed but you're the unchanging God the same yesterday today and forever oh we stand and rely on that fact oh God that you don't change Lord you answered prayers you've, you've dealt miracles. You've dealt healings. Lord, in ages gone by, and if you weren't the same God, what would we have to turn to? But we can turn to the same God that spoke to the woman at the well. The same God that met the needs over and over through the prophet's day. The same God that's met the needs in our congregation. And you are that same God that can deal with Sister Aileen and take the cancer away in the name of Jesus Christ. You're the same God that can deliver Brother Milko in the name of Jesus Christ. You're the same God that can lift Ella up on her feet. Oh God, you are not an unchanging. You are not a changing God. You are the unchanging God. Walk through those pews, Lord. Go to those rooms, oh God. We hold on to our faith, and we'll stagger not. Lord, Satan might throw the doubts in our minds, but we cast it out in the name of Jesus. We'll stagger not like Abraham. We'll walk like Peter and John. All they had, Lord, was you and their faith in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Lord, may your people hold on to that at their needs tonight, Lord. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, the anointed one, the Messiah, has anointed your people. And so we're stepping, Lord, into that position. We have recognized, we're taking our steps in full recognition as the bride of Jesus Christ, knowing our position, Lord. Lord, may that just so spread through the body, bride, through the globe, Lord, that we could come to this place as in unity and in strength. For, Lord, we know that rapture is around the corner, Lord. That is our promise in this day and we hold on to it lord may you just go with your people as we stand in your presence maybe some will worship some will praise some might have to leave whatever it is lord but may your presence go with them that's all that matters not the not the place but your presence that it would go with them lord in their car they can go singing maybe tears come down their eyes as lord the realization in that moment just strikes them Oh, Lamb of Calvary, you bore my sins and my shame. And you hung for me and the tears could come down, Lord. Oh, and that, Lord, it's those are precious moments when sometimes it just strikes us so deeply. Lord, may your presence be that near. And as your prophet said, Lord, to our pastor, Lord, when he comes, when he comes, something good happens. Lord, may each one go from here, Lord. And and something, Lord, wonderful happens. Lord, just your presence is wonderful. And we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for meeting with us. May you go with each one of us now. Dismiss each one here and, and not present now. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. God bless you. You can stay. Leave if you need to go. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. I don't want to hold you any any longer. I know the need, so you just go and do as you feel to do. If you Need prayer? Well, have prayer. If you need to join together, if you need your faith to support it. We're here to pray. Whatever you choose to do, Amen. We can worship. You can worship. You lift your voices and sing. We can praise, and this is a house of praise, Amen. Amen maybe just as we go, this is your house. We can just sing the chorus.
1: This is your house.
3: restless night. You're dismissed. Amen. God bless you.